So hello, welcome to another Pharmacy and Practice podcast. Um, I'm always excited on the podcast, but this is this is a change of direction. So hitherto, we have covered um, political events in pharmacy. We've covered um, some clinical areas, and yeah, to be honest, I've got to, I've got to speak to some really fabulous people right up to the top of the profession in the UK. So it's been it's been a right a right privilege privilege to be honest. This is different. What we're going to do now is um, try and tell the story of of the future of pharmacy, and we're gonna we're gonna go round we're gonna go around the world and do that actually, um, and we're gonna we're gonna try and find the, the the top most innovative pharmacists and and non pharmacists and th- and that's important. I want to go out with pharmacy to um to find out what's happening and 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 understand how the story of pharmacy can can fit with everything else now we are going to have a bit of fun so um the idea of this podcast is to get get a guest on have a chat interview them as usual have a bit of crack um but that guest will have to nominate the next guest so we we don't choose the next guest um Obviously, I've had to choose the first one, um, and I, I want to. Before I introduce our guest, um, probably like to interview or introduce my uh, my new partner in crime in this endeavour, and that's Professor Darren Baines. Darren, would you like to just briefly give a little bit of background about your your excellent career to date, please? Oh, thank you for the introduction. I mean, there's only one thing I can really say is I love pharmacy. I I, I, I think pharmacy is probably one of the as a non-pharmacist, I think people find that slightly strange, but I think pharmacy is an amazing profession. The first healthcare professional I ever went to was a pharmacist, and I just, I, I just see pharmacy as just untapped potential. And uh, you know, I've just, I've worked with pharmacists for 25 years. And I'm just really pleased to be on this podcast and working with you. And I, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, finding out what the future holds. So uh, yeah, great. I'm a health economist that loves pharmacy. Me too. Me too. I'm and I'm I'm really chuffed to have you, Darren. I mean, it, it, this is uh, I don't think anybody else is doing this in the UK. So it's you know, and you're you're coming along on the journey with me, and you're going to be my uh, my co-host on this. So that's quite different for me as well. So yeah, really chuffed to have you. Now, more importantly, who've we got today? My my first guest or our first guest, and the only guest in this series who we will choose. Um, is, is a good friend and colleague um, who's not from the UK. He's from Spain. Um, he 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 has a, a heritage of of working in community pharmacy. He's very young um, and and far fitter than I ever could be. Um, and it's Hemi Acosta. Would you like to um, say hello, Hemi, and and just uh, maybe give a little bit of a history about your again your your excellent career as well. Um, hello, um, hello, Jonathan and Darren. Uh, thank you very much for this very kind introduction and for having me today. It's my pleasure and honor. Uh, as you said, I'm a community pharmacist. I've been working uh, for 20 years now in my own community pharmacy in Madrid. Uh, sadly, I'm not so young. <laughs> But I've always, uh, apart from from loving uh, the work that community pharmacists do, I was uh, raised in in my mom's pharmacy, and I was uh, became very uh, 
uh, used uh, to the to smell the conversations, seeing people going to um, uh, to my mother, uh, looking for her advice, and uh, that trust that uh, they had. Um, I, I was in love, and it was a very easy decision for me to to study pharmacy. And uh, as Darren said. Being a pharmacist, I think it's it, it is the, the best profession you can have. Uh, interacting with with so many people and seeing um, how you really make a difference for the, for them uh, on a daily basis and see how their children grow, and then they come back to you with their children again. It's it's amazing. Uh, and uh, using our expertise, not only related to medicines, but mostly related. To to medicines, but uh, we, we have a holistic uh, view of, of patients, not only in their health um, situation, but also their social situation. And it's very important also when, when uh, technology is taking over, where that allows more people being in the comfort of, of their house. Uh, so so we are in a, in a unique position to do even a, a better job than that we are we are doing. We have a huge potential. So I've, I've been involved to, to finish. <laughs> I've been involved in um, some uh, advocacy positions, both in, in, in Spain and now in, in the community pharmacy section in, in FIP, which I would like to encourage everyone to, to be engaged and be involved with FIP. It's, it's an amazing experience and uh, excellent information, not, not only for people that represent pharmacy, not only for pharmacy leaders, but also for practicing pharmacists. My pharmacy is not the same. Uh, it wouldn't be the same if I was not involved with, with FIP. Brilliant. And what, you know, when, when I say the word pharmacist, uh, wait, wait, what, what does that mean to you? What is a pharmacist to you? I help people. Um, so I have uh, a knowledge and an expertise related to health and medicines, and I help people. Uh, every time I have a conversation with my patients and customers, I am always thinking how I can make a difference for them uh, in terms of my knowledge and expertise. And, and how? Brilliant, brilliant. And I mean, the hope that this this series is about. It's not necessarily about technology, but it's about the future, right? So, what probably in your twenty years practicing, what is the key innovation that has changed your practice so far? Uh, in one phrase, it would mean uh, changing from the supply uh, to service. Uh, we are in this sometimes very slow uh, movement. Uh, from uh, we 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 used to know, we still we still know everything. Uh, uh, of what we supply, we know the prices, the turnover, uh, we know the stock in the pharmacy, who we sell it to, but mainly from a marketing and managing perspective. But now we are, uh, and it's a global movement, you can see that very easily. Uh, um, luckily for you in Scotland, you're in the head of the, of the pack, you're in the front of the pack. Uh, but all the countries are are following that path, and that's the main change, the main uh, thing that is is going on. And uh, that, of course, has uh, many um, uh, specific uh, changes. But that's the, the the main point, and it also has to do a lot with with technology. Mm -hmm. Dar Darren has uh, he, he has a he has a busy life. We've just heard he has to he has to leave the podcast uh, as he's got an urgent call. But 
Darren, before you go, would you like to yes. ask um, the first of your questions? And I've got a note of your other questions, so I'll, I'll ask them afterwards. But but we've got a few minutes, so so do you want to do you want to ask that first one? And get 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 that in first. It's very it's interesting to see um, your definition of of pharmacy. But I mean, the the key question is what is technology? What from a pharmacist perspective? How how would you define technology? Well, technology is uh, anything that allows us to do a better job, uh, to provide better results for our patients and customers. So, so it, it, would you say that um, pharmacy has has had a long relationship with technology, or or how how do you see the interaction? Because there's this this there's, there's the fear mongers that says robotics will replace pharmacy, and then there's the pharmaceutical care purists that say that it's a that pharmacy is a face-to-face -face service your, your clinicians where, where do you see technology sitting in pharmacy pharmacy has a very long successful history related to technology medicines uh, themselves can can be uh, considered uh, technology which is evolving pretty fast uh, in, in Spain we were the first uh, business to be fully uh, computerized. I myself uh, had uh, the luck to um, uh, develop the electronic uh, prescription uh, tool in Madrid. Uh, um, so we have uh, computers in in every pharmacy in Spain. Pharmacies worldwide are uh, have computers for a very long time. Uh, so um, pharmacy has a long and successful uh, tradition of uh, being involved and taking advantage of technology. Uh, regarding to your question, if, if uh, technology will substitute um, pharmacists, uh, some parts of our work will be uh, taken over by technology. Uh, of course, the, the easiest, uh, the most repetitive administrative uh, tasks also related to healthcare. For example, you have uh, the example in the UK of uh, Babylon, the chatbot that uh, triages uh, patients, uh, and then um, the chatbot uh, directs people to the uh, uh, best resource, uh, either accident and emergency room or maybe a pharmacy. So instead of someone going to uh, accident and emergency or, or calling uh, the NHS uh, phone, they go directly to the to the app. And uh, the app um, directs people to the most useful and efficient uh, resource. And I'm sure that um, technology will take over many tasks. Uh, for, uh, I, I saw a, a study uh, a couple of months ago saying that uh, technicians will be substituted in 70% of the work they do. And pharmacists will have uh, around 40% of their activities substituted by, uh, by technology. I wouldn't say that technology will fully take over and will substitute pharmacists but they will substitute pharmacists that do not take uh, advantage of technology uh, i wouldn't say that uh, pharmacists are in danger but um, it's interesting to see how pharmacies evolve uh, when not only uh, the uh, care will be taken by machines in some cases as uh, chatbots or digital assistants, but also in their supply part. And um, I'm very interested in uh, seeing how care follows the product or not, if the product is taken from uh, pharmacies. That's going to be pretty interesting.
really interesting. I mean, that 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 space is 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 moving on so fast. Darren, one of your questions related to to that, you know, as to whether a pharmacist will, will be replaced. Have you time to ask that? Yeah, I mean, the the thing that it, that I find interesting is that pharmacy now is so similar wherever you go. So, the, the real thing I'm interested in is, is in twenty years' time, it, will there be a real diversity of what pharmacy is, or do you see this pharmacy just being a very similar thing worldwide? So, and if if it's going to be you know, different. What are the different pathways that you can see pharmacy heading down? Because at the moment, pharmacy seems to be primarily a dispensing function. But are there different routes? And, and what does the future like? Will there be, you know, many flowers blooming or will there just be a generic generic service? Yeah, um, I think that with globalization and the use of technologies, we'll have uh, different developers. But uh, pharmacy and FIP has um, uh, a bit of a role regarding to that with the uh, FIP has uh, a technology forum uh, and uh, a few pharmacists uh, in which I'm uh, honored to be part of in uh, work. Uh, so uh, pharmac pharmacists worldwide take advantage in terms of um, supply and care. So I feel um, going to the to answering the, the question that uh, you can have two speeds, either the developed uh, pharmacies in developed countries and pharmacies in develop, in developing countries. And although probably technology will be more efficient in the developing countries because they have uh, more uh, uh, margin of advantage, if you know what I mean. Uh, but uh, due to globalization and despite pharmacies are quite similar in as Darren said um, uh, throughout the world uh, they will end taking advantage of the uh, same technology so they will be pretty similar although uh, countries can vary a lot also in their uh, regulation <laughs> did that answer the question absolutely yeah really good I mean one, one thing I want to ask you about is um, so I think you know Jacob Bell told a story back 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 in back a few hundred years ago and and you know Hepler and Strand told the story as well, um, and I think Hepler and Strand's pharmaceutical care story was never really realised. And I think I think the reason for that is the is the lack of or the level of technology and particularly communication technology we had back in the nineties, basically, and. I mean, my personal response to that is is this concept of technoceutical care, which is basically the digitization of pharmaceutical care. Um, can you see that catching on? And 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 if so, what does that? What would you dream that that would look like? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, um, I had uh, the luck to to work with uh, Dr. Strand uh, a few years ago, and it was amazing how her philosophy of uh, new practice um, created a global movement. Uh, and uh, we are 20 years later talking about this, and uh, still not real, fully realized, uh, fully fully done. Yes, I think technology will help will help in uh, the advancement of that philosophy in terms of uh, pharmacies uh, and pharmacists 
better connected to other health uh, professionals. It is a shame that we don't have access in many countries in the world to uh, clinical data of the patient. For example, in Spain, when I dispense someone, I do not have access uh, to the allergies that patient might have, yeah. whether uh, their personal state, is, is this woman pregnant or not? What other drugs is she taking? What health issues is she having now and uh, she had in the past? How can I do a good job without that information? It's incredible. It's mind-blowing. So we have to rely on the information that the patients give us, uh, trust them in terms of not forgetting anything and being accurate when they are not um, health uh, literate. So technology is going to change this uh, very efficiently and very easily. Uh, we only need, uh, and I know it's not an easy task, to push for those changes. Um, most of the, uh, our friends in the health arena, physicians, nurses, are very much open uh, to letting us um, accessing uh, the uh, patient's information. And patients themselves, themselves, they're, they're my feeling is that they are very happy to share that information uh, uh, with us. Every time I ask uh, my patients uh, to uh, return with uh, paper copies of their clinical reports, they always do it. They, they're always happy to do that. And technology will solve that that problem about pharmacies being isolated in the in the in the in the health arena. Also, in terms of uh, follow up of the, of the patient which is uh, one of the, the big uh, services uh, that Strand and Hepler uh, talked about. Uh, we, we, are, we can be almost 24-7 connected with our patients. Uh, we can have instant access uh, through wearables, insatiables, digestibles, uh, to the clinical information uh, we need uh, to, have, um, to have better outcomes of their medicines and better health. Uh, we can um, know in advance through artificial technology uh, intelligence if uh, patients are going to have uh, a problem with their medicines, a safety issue. Will this uh, drug be effective in this patient? We can uh, uh, know in advance uh, with big data and digital twins, uh, making a digital different digital twins of the patient and. Uh, letting uh, software uh, know if this drug is going to be efficient uh, or this dose will be better uh, for the patient. So technology is going to make uh, a huge change uh, for pharmacy and it's going to be very fast. That's really, really, really interesting answer, Fumi. I mean, I, I see it very simply. I see, I see the future of pharmacy being basically an input process and an output and I wonder will the platform economy land in pharmacy that there are a few businesses that that where that's happening um, and I think there's tremendous advantages but but for the for the profession in inverted commas globally there are risks I mean for example you you know a lot of these a lot of these um, startup technology companies that you you mentioned um, Without being unkind, they're kind of gold digging companies, really. You know, they're they and and I was reading a review which I'll put the link to it in the show notes, but it was a review published in 2018, and I'm sure there's others um, 
specifically around adherence apps. And um, I can't remember exactly, but there was around 5,000 adherence apps um, reviewed in this paper. Um, and, and just a tiny minority had healthcare professional involvement. And and I'm assuming even fewer are based in evidence. So that that is a big concern. The other big 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 sort of risk from the purest pharmacy professional point of view um, is is the lack of potential lack of a need for a workforce. So do you do you feel that technology could eventually do away with pharmacists? I mean, how how do you feel that in that technocidical care or in this new world, pharmacists should interact with the technology? Oh yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, first thing uh, re regarding uh, the um, uh, gold digging that, that you mentioned, uh, I'm happy with uh, economic incentives uh, for everyone who, who delivers um, uh, value for patients and health systems. That's what we pharmacists want. We want to change uh, as uh, we said before, uh, from product to to uh, to service and ultimately to to value and results. Uh, so we need to have incentives. I know it's not only uh, money, but money uh, economic uh, return is is very important also for for these companies. As uh, you, you have uh, thousands of of uh, apps, for example, in the um, uh, app store. Uh, and as you said, only a very small minority are uh, really provide value for for patients. Uh, uh, but here again is uh, what pharmacists can do. Uh, they can uh, either implement their own uh, technological solutions. There's a professional path for young pharmacists uh, in terms of developing technology. Uh, not only uh, that complies uh, with the legal framework, which is super important, of course, but also that uh, provides uh, real value for patients. And this is a challenge. Uh, there's a lot of hype, a lot of smoke. And uh, if I'm sure that uh, if uh, health professionals and also pharmacists, of course, uh, were driving uh, the development of uh, these solutions, results would be pretty different. Uh, this is not about uh, buying food or uh, chatting with with your friend. It's it's uh, really important, and that's why the legal framework is so important. Uh, with the FDA in the United States is is developing a, a framework for that. It, it's in place, and also in Europe. Uh, so um, the technology that. Uh, in, in these terms, uh, should be approved by the maybe the drug agencies uh, because they're trying to make a change and they have to prove what they say they are doing. Uh, and this is not happening uh, with with all the uh, technology. Um, so uh, my my summary of, of this part would be that pharmacists need to be involved uh, with this not only when when uh, providing service to our customers. I myself uh, I'm working with uh, a provider of technology to follow up uh, the uh, blood pressure of uh, my patients. So when there is uh, 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 the, the 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 tool the blood pressure tool detects that there is a, 
a, a blood pressure data that is uh, high, uh, I get with uh, an immediate alert so I can decide what I can do without the patient coming to my pharmacy or calling me. So, um, uh, and it's not an easy task to do, uh, but we need to do more related to that. And, and uh, going to your second part, um, uh, there is a need for a pharmacy workforce. Yes, absolutely. We only need to, to adapt, as, uh, as always. Uh, technology, luckily for everyone, mostly for patients, uh, came to stay. And it's going to be, the, the wave is going to be bigger and bigger. Changes will be uh, faster and bigger and deeper. So we'd better be involved and mm -hmm. uh, especially have our young pharmacists um, putting both hands into this or other professions uh, will take advantage of it. What do you think, I mean, this is sort of, this is the point of this podcast to look like, to, to sort of forget, not quite forget what's gone, behind, gone before, but, you know, keep an eye on history. But this next question sort of asks you to, to go really into the future and, you know, blue sky thinking kind of thing. So we went from walking to, you know, going on horseback and then horse, horse and cart, and more recently, um, the motor car. So what what is the next sort of pharmacy-related uh, or similar transition, you know, if you use the horse and cart to motor car example? Let, let me uh, put you an example and uh, let your audience uh, think about it instead of, of me thinking of, of a solution. Just imagine that uh, someone who's um, uh, diabetic uh, wakes up one morning uh, feeling like of a problem when, when, uh, when going to the, to the toilet uh, to pee. So uh, just imagine that uh, the, um, the app uh, through big data uh, and uh, analyzing the data of uh, thousands of, of people uh, detects uh, through the changes in the glucose levels that that patient might have uh, an uh, urine infection. So uh, the app, uh, which is connected uh, with uh, other devices, tells uh, the toilet of, of uh, that uh, person to measure uh, the next urine uh, when this person goes to the toilet. And there are some uh, toilets that are already doing this. So um, this person goes to the toilet and uh, the, the toilet um, analyzes the urine and detects a potential um, infection. So uh, the toilet connects with the smart uh, mic uh, that the, uh, that the um, patient has uh, in, uh, in her house. And uh, the, um, the uh, smart mic does uh, delivers uh, to the to this customer a series of questions, trying to detect uh, if the patient might have an urine infection or to confirm the potential urine infection. As uh, what problems do you have when you go to a toilet? Uh, did you have fever? Any other symptoms? So let's let's imagine that after the, uh, asking these questions, uh, which are should be evidence based. Uh, it confirms uh, again that there is a potential infection. So uh, the um, 
Smart Mike uh, asks the patient if she wants to have a discussion with a physician through, the, through the, their computer or the phone. The patient accepts and uh, she has an interview, uh, uh, a discussion with, with, um, with a physician that thinks after that discussion, again, that this patient might have really uh, an urine infection. So uh, the physician asks the patient if he or she wants to have uh, a, a, a clinical valid uh, urine test and is delivered, let's say, through uh, a drone or uh, 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 someone in 30 minutes in the convenience of uh, their home, their house. So this is a clinical uh, urine test and uh, the patient uh, uh, runs the test with their urine with her urine and uh, the result is automatically uploaded uh, into the physician computer and then you have a diagnosis and uh, the, the physician uh, confirms that uh, she has a, an urine infection uh, and uh, directs uh, a prescription to the 3D uh, printer that uh, this patient has uh, in, in her house so uh, the, um, the 3D printer prints an antibiotic with a personalized dose for the patient, having in mind, uh, taking in, in, uh, into account uh, her specific uh, genomic profile. So uh, she, this patient leaves her house in not more maybe than 40 minutes with a diagnosis and the first dose of the antibiotic in, in her body. She did not have to ask, uh, go to a physician uh, uh, surgery. She did not have to go to the to a pharmacy to be dispensed. Uh, she did not miss uh, her very important meeting she had uh, at uh, ten in the morning in her office, and uh, everybody uh, wins. This is real value. So, if this example was clear enough. Uh, I would like your um, audience to think what's the role of the pharmacists in this in this uh, situation, which might not be uh, what is happening in the future, but I'm sure no one can tell me that it's it's not going to happen. Yeah, what's the value that, that that pharmacists can provide in this situation, which is not uh, impossible? Yeah, and you you've totally you've answered my next question because the 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 big. I think being selfish for a moment as a pharmacist um, and and forgetting the innovation and all the all the stuff that's coming, you know, we we do we do want to protect our professional status at the end of the day, and um, there's there's no shame in denying that because I think I think as humans and as pharmacy professionals we can um, we can add value. But yeah, you're you're spot on. Where where does the pharmacist sit within that? I mean, that's that was a really interesting example. I mean, that's actually. A prescribing loop isn't it you know there's an input uh, there's a problem there's an input there's a process and then there's your drone delivery as the output um, I mean I think that that's that's how I see my concept of of technical care um, it's just an input a process and an output and it, it, you know how, how does the pharmacist sit within that is quite interesting for me um, and how we communicate with the patient. I mean, that this stuff is coming. Um, we need to be ready. One one question off the back of that, Huimi, is where 
you mentioned the pharmacy as the point of supply there, but more broadly, what do you what do you feel uh, the importance of the actual pharmacy building is in all of this? Um, I am not sure. Um, I mean, uh, pharmacies here where the is where the medicines and the pharmacist is, but technology is blowing uh, everything up. Uh, things are changing super fast. Uh, we have, uh, and you have some of those in the UK. We have internet pharmacies that are providing through delivery the medicines and the care that uh, pharmacists are providing through telepharmacy is almost equal to the care that we can provide on a face-to-face -face, um, um, situation in, in our pharmacies. We need to really think the value that we are providing. Uh, just two years ago, when I wanted to go to my bank, I had to go to the bank, wait until it was open, which closed on in the afternoons. In pharmacies, we don't have really these problems we were, because we, we have really uh, wide opening hours, but I had to go to the bank, wait for at least 40 minutes line, always. I had to uh, talk when everyone was hearing in the back. Finally, when, when uh, I received attention um, and the, the, the employee which I was talking with didn't know anything about me. He sometimes offered me insurance or a service which was not relevant at all for me. And I've, I always left the pharmacy so stressed and it was such a painful thing to do always. We, we think that pharmacies are convenient, they are, yeah. But do really uh, patients, customers prefer other kind of care? I, I, when I now want to um, have a service from my bank, I only have to connect to my app. I have a personal, um, an employee of the bank, which is only, uh, uh, which works for me always. It's the only person I talk to. So she knows me very well and she knows how I like to invest, what uh, money I can invest. She knows almost everything in financial terms of me. What is happening with the pharmacy? When I want to talk with her, it, it's always digital, but I sometimes want human interaction when I want to do an important investment or something. So I just ask for an appointment through the app. I go there, I do not have to wait in line. I have a coffee with her. No one is hearing me when I talk to her. And I leave the meeting maybe in 20 minutes with a potential solution, which is super relevant for me. Are we doing the same in pharmacy? Should we do the same in pharmacy? People want hyper-personalized service. They want fast service and they want value. Are we doing this in our pharmacies? Not yet enough, I don't think. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think the way it should work is, is, is basically, you know, the platform economy really needs to help the whole profession globally here. And it needs to be, you know, this is the point of this podcast to, to tell this story and to, to, to sort of get the answers and get the ideas from, from the key people around the world. But, you know, what you've just said is absolutely right. There needs to be a, and I'm, go, I'm going to quote the PhD of, 
of the guest that you're about to nominate for for our next po podcast. I think there needs to be a pragmatically paternalistic uh, online platform arena um, within which pharmacists can work. And what do I mean by that? Basically, what you said. So basically, we need to take the pharmaceutical care concept and put it online. And and what does that look like? Well, it's just a I would call it a technocytical care plan. So, you know, you get dispensed uh, an inhaler, uh, usual pharmaceutical care conversation, but the technocytical care bit is plugging it into whatever this platform becomes. And, and then you start to get a bit deeper and think, right, you ask your patient, well, how often do you want to hear from me as your pharmacist? Do you want the ability to communicate back? And you sort that all out at the start and, and open up the ability to change those preferences as you go along. And that just changes the game because you, you said earlier in the conversation about the diabetes example, getting your getting the data back to you as a pharmacist. Well, if I've got diabetic patients, I want to know if they're having a hypo during the night and they don't know. You know, I want I want the, the solution to tell them that. Um and that could be an output, and and there you, you you know you've got a feedback loop, and and there's constant improvement, and and the, the platform solution starts to learn, and and it gets really interesting when you start to overlay data sets on top of that, um, and 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 things become a lot safer, and things like you know the the, the patient could could report side effects, they could re report efficacy, um. You know, you you know, dissolvable tablets that that give off a signal when they dissolve an acid is they're they're almost already here, all this stuff. But but it has to, my I, I'm glad you agree with me because my sort of core notion is that the pharmacist must be involved in that and and actually if if there is a political angle to all of this for the profession globally, it is to make sure it's to make the case. For the pharmacist being the gatekeeper, and I'm not saying they have to be there the whole every step of the way, because I think, uh, as the internet has shown, we can pass a lot of the activity um, over to the the patient or the client, as your banking example illustrates. But it has to sit within that pragmatically paternalistic um, platform arena. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh... We, we need to put uh, our, our um, time and uh, knowledge and expertise into really what provides value to the patient. Uh, we do a, a lot of things in pharmacy that really do not provide that much value. And as we have uh, robots dispensing or technicians which do an excellent job uh, taking uh, care of the not so uh, let's say uh, clinically important uh, things in pharmacy. Uh, technology is going to change everything dramatically and super fast, and pharmacists need need to be involved in in that. Perfect. Now I've uh, I was really interested. Thank you so much. I know we've we've been friends and colleagues for a few years with me, so um, it's it's always lovely to catch up and. Um, I keep trying to find excuses to come to Madrid, um, and maybe maybe FIP this year might be that excuse. Um, but one one last thing, who who would you like to nominate for your for your next your next guest? Who do you think we should talk to? 
Oh, I think it's super clear. Someone that has a deep understanding of global pharmacy that understands uh, what happens in uh, in the back office of pharmacy, um, who knows uh, other healthcare professionals and um, uh, the drivers for change and the opportunities. And uh, it has to be someone that works for FIP and uh, the best person that can um, illustrate your audience would be Catherine Dugan, for sure. Cool. I'll give her a call. <laughs> but no, it's, and, and I'm sorry. Um, I know Darren was was extremely. Um, he's roughly as excited about me, uh, or as me about this 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 project we've we've undertaken. We don't know where it's going to go, but we 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 are super proud that you 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 were the first guest. And uh, honestly, no better no better person, Wemi. And the reason I say that is because you're walking the walk. You know, you're. Um, you're very articulate, articulate, and you can you can tell the story. But I, I think I should make it very clear that you you own a pharmacy and you are you are actually doing this stuff. And and more than that, you're actually advocating and and helping others join the dots. Um, so thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I promise I will come to Madrid. Thank you, Jonathan. I wait for you either in Madrid or in Seville. So you'd better come. Excellent. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.